Hi, I'm Renee Crandall, and you're listening to the Wake Up Your Life podcast, a personal development podcast for women where we'll discuss how to live intentionally today and every day. I want to be a better version of myself this year than I was last year, five years from now versus five years ago, and I want to encourage you in that same journey. I hope my words each week leave you feeling inspired and empowered to wake up your life and go after who you truly desire to be. I'm in this with you to coach you and cheer you on. I believe in you. Let's go. Hello and welcome. I am so grateful that you are joining me this week. I am going to be talking about a perspective that I've been thinking a lot about based on a book that I recently finished. And the book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And if you have not read that book, I highly encourage you to get yourself a copy and to read it. I would say for myself, it is among probably the top three or five most impactful books that I've ever read. I'm serious when I say that this book has changed my life and there is so much incredible content within every single page of the book. And I won't go into all of the things, of course, but there was one specific element that this book emphasized that really has stuck with me. And I've been thinking about it a lot over the past couple weeks. And so I wanted to create a podcast episode talking all about one of those principles. And that is giving yourself space to enjoy the simple things, to slow down enough where you can really appreciate the beauty that's around you, but realizing that we don't always have to be in a mode of producing, of of checking off our to-do list, of production, that we can simply be and enjoy life as it is or the things that genuinely bring us joy. And the whole premise of the book, basically, just to give you a little bit of a Spark Notes version, is the idea that love, joy, and peace are incompatible with hurry. If we think about our personalities when we're really hurried or we're stressed or we're constantly inundated with information and things to get done, we really aren't the best, kindest, loving, peaceful, most joyful version of ourselves, right? Like I know that every time Isaac and I have gotten in a fight or I've said something mean to someone or I have had a negative outlook on something, it's because I'm hurried. It's because I need to get somewhere. It's because I want something done a certain way or I have some type of expectation that I need it to be done in this manner. I have all these things in my mind and I'm just in this constant state of hurry or stress or anxiety or whatever it is. And so the premise of this book is really just opening our eyes to realizing that that state of hurry is constant. I mean, we're we're inundated with information. We're inundated with to-do lists. We're always in this motivation to get things done and be super productive and And being productive and doing important things, that's not a bad thing. And there's definitely a difference. What John Mark Comer says is there's definitely a difference between a hurried life and a life that's full and busy of things you love. So that's really one of the biggest principles within this book is evaluating the state of hurry that we're so frequently in and thinking about why. Why do we allow ourselves to live in that mentality And then also thinking about ways that we can change our lifestyle, change our behavior, change our habits to better align with the ruthless elimination of hurry. And it's not that you're not going to have days where there's stress or you feel rushed or you feel hurried. It's just 
putting things into practice to preventing yourself from always being in that hurried state or that hurried soul or never feeling that rest. You know, we know the feeling of restlessness. We know what it feels like when we're constantly searching for something that's going to make us happy or um, trying to go through all of our to-do list items or onto the next thing or whatever it is. I mean, we know that state of hurried busyness. And so the premise of the book is just evaluating how are we living out of those mentalities or what are we doing that could be hurting our soul in the midst of such a fast-paced, technology-driven, instant gratification culture. So that's one big element. And then the other piece that he dives into, which I really love, is he unpacks the scripture, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, which is, come to me, all you who are worried and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he takes that scripture and he unpacks so much wisdom from that verse in the perspective of how we can look to the life of Jesus and how Jesus lived his life and the habits and the rhythms that he had and emulate that in our life so that we're able to carry responsibility, we're able to carry burdens, we're able to carry the things that are heavy in our life or expected of us that we need to do, but carry it in such a way that we aren't burdened by it that we carry life with, yes, I know that this is important and I know that this is important work or that life is hard or whatever it is that I'm walking through is challenging, but I'm not going to be burdened by it. I'm going to learn how to carry it lightly because I trust a God who I can release it to. But we can also put into practice rhythms into our life that allows our souls to feel grounded and at ease and to feel that peace and to feel that love and to feel that joy. So there's a lot within this book. And again, I highly recommend that you read it. I want everyone in my life to read it because it has been so life-changing for me and so eye-opening. It's one of those books where you read it and you're convicted to realize, oh my gosh, like I am living in somewhat of a hurried state in maybe certain areas of my life. But the book is also full of hope of saying, here's very tangible, tactical practices you can implement into your life on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis so that your soul isn't that in that constant state of restlessness, that hurried fatigue, the overwhelm, the constant inundation of information that we may not know how to process or what to do with. So the book was wildly encouraging. I'll probably read it again. Isaac is reading it right now and he really likes it. So there's just a lot of wisdom in that book, but the premise is that a hurried life is incompatible with love, joy, peace, the aspects of life that God really wants us to live out and enjoy and live in the abundance of. And then the other piece is evaluating the life of Jesus and taking on some of the principles and the habits of how Jesus lived his life, not just his ministry or the way he treated people, but the habits and the rhythms of, you know, he would wake up early, he would pray, he would take time for himself after pouring into people, he would have boundaries. There was just a lot that Jesus did in regards to the way he lived his life that we really don't evaluate, I would say, as often as we should. But those principles can be life-changing when it comes to managing the life that we have and, and handling life that can be hard, that has responsibilities, and that at time can feel very heavy. So again, I definitely recommend it. But all of that to say, I wanted to give you context on the book itself. And one of the principles within it is slowing the premise of just slowing down and realizing we don't always have to be in that state of producing hurried, 
stressed. I got to get to the next thing. I got to get this done. You know, we have this mentality as people, and I'm definitely subject to this for sure, that if I don't do the thing, it's not going to get done. And I think a lot of us have this perspective when it comes to work, our, our actual jobs, where I can't take a day off because this client's going to need me, or I can't possibly delegate this because they're not going to know how to do it like I would do it, or I can't turn off my phone after work because what if I get that urgent email and I have to respond to it? You know, we have a lot of those things in the back of our mind on how we approach our jobs. Therefore, it affects our mental state and also our ability to shut down some of that productivity. And I've realized that when I intentionally take time to step away from my phone or turn my phone off or or take a break from watching television or reading the news or you know not looking at email or whatever it is throughout the weekend or in the evenings, it's this principle that reminds me the world's going to keep spinning that I'm not the one that's holding it together. And while our roles are very important when it comes to life and family and friendships and our jobs, we can't have that be, we can't have any one of those areas of our lives dictate the pace that our life has to be, right? So for example, if I let the constant inundation of my job dictate the pace of my life, I would constantly be working. There's always something that needs to get done. There's something that a client needs. There's an email that might come through at a weird hour. And I may have the precedent for myself of thinking, I need to respond to this. And we could look at, um, you know, other areas of our life that way. Let's say it's our family. Maybe our family always has functions that are happening where we're constantly being invited to something and there's always something going on or we have to pick up the kids here or drop the kids off here or we have to, you know, run the errands and check off all the to-do lists. If we let all of those responsibilities weigh on us and dictate the pace of our day, then we're allowing other people to tell us essentially how we're supposed to live our day-to-day life and how we're supposed to live in a state regarding our souls. And it's not sustainable. And we have this perspective that we have to do the thing. And yes, there's certain things that I think each of us are innately gifted in. And it's great to steward that and to do the thing for other people. But there's also a time and a place to say, you know what? I'm taking a total break. I'm not going to be working. I'm not going to be checking email. Maybe I'm going to have no plans this day. Even if someone invites me to something, I just need time to step away and really allow my soul to rest. So it's coming to a place of realizing that the world will keep spinning. People's lives will keep moving forward if you want to take a break. And if you want to shut off some of those distractions and some of that information coming in that can be really overwhelming. And that's what I realized for myself is that slowing down and essentially challenging my mind to think differently than it always has to, to kind of shift perspectives and and put it in a place of, for example, turning off my phone or shutting off notifications or being really intentional with not looking at email after 5 p.m., it goes against kind of the way that we're conditioned now in society of always being available because we always have our phone. But if I'm intentionally creating that space in my life and saying, I'm not going to be on my phone, I'm not going to be looking at email, even if something super critical comes through, it's telling my mind, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to turn off the technology. It's okay to go on the vacation. It's okay to not be accessible. And there's this really weird, I think like there's this weird mentality of, at least for myself, 
kind of like a fear will kick in of like, well, what if I turn off my phone and then something important really happens? And my mind, I have to then kind of coach myself through it and realize, okay, if my phone's turned off and there's a true crisis, some within our family, you know, I think that if there's a work crisis, it can wait till the next day. I think that we way too often make ourselves available in our in a day and age with clients or with coworkers where if we set the tone of I'm taking a break at this hour or in the evening, then that's going to condition your clients. It's going to condition your coworkers to realize, okay, she's taking this break. So is this really urgent or could it be in the morning? Or is it something that someone else can deal with? Maybe there's other people on your team who can handle the thing that comes through because maybe your coworkers know she's not going to be available at seven o'clock at night for something that comes through from a client. And I think so much I'm getting a little distracted and I'm kind of all over the place with this, but if we were sitting for coffee right now and you were across from me, this is how conversations would go. So just bear with me because I'll, I'll circle back around here in a second. But I think we have this mentality that we have to be available, right? So what I've seen happen for myself and even in Isaac's world and in the, in the worlds of my friends is that we let clients dictate how available we are. And if we, if we know, oh, a client's not going to reach out, then we give ourselves the break. But I think it's really a great challenge for our mind to realize even if something's coming through in the evening or on the weekend, you get to set your own limits. You get to set your own boundaries. No one is going to do that for you. And I think through reading this book, I realized that. I realized that if I want to take my time back or living in such a way where my soul is in an energy that the Lord desires it to be, that I can set those boundaries. Clients aren't going to necessarily respect that. They aren't going to give me the space to say, oh yeah, totally turn your phone off. No problem. I won't need to access you. Coworkers may not give me that. Friends may not give me that. Family might not give me that. People mean well, like in, in, in our personal life, you know, if we're getting a text message or if we're getting a phone call, everyone means well, right? Like they're reaching out, they're thinking of you, all that is great. But I think when we don't allow our minds to really shut that down, we realize, you know, that's one big reason why we're maybe so exhausted. But by putting those boundaries in place, it kind of, it allows our, our perspective to be, you know what, if something happens when I'm taking space to refill my soul, it's going to be okay. It's better that, you know, that one crisis might happen in that one evening where you're not actively on your phone or checking your work email. And I'm more of talking about crisis when it comes to the way we view our jobs or something that's not like in our family or within our friends. You know, if, if there's something that's critical that's going on, it's likely that even if your phone's turned off or you're taking a day away or you're on vacation, someone will be able to get a hold of you in some way. I'm looking at it from the lens of clients dictating our pace. And, and kind of preventing us from setting boundaries at the fear of, well, what if that important email comes through? Or what if they respond? Or what if they send an email and I don't respond in time? Then it's a whole big thing. I don't think that's going to happen very often. I, I think that's one perspective that I have is that that fear that we have of being inaccessible isn't going to be happening every single night or every single week. But what we gain for our souls and for our minds to have that break of being accessible is so significant in comparison to the potential stress of the bad thing happening with that client not getting the email response within three hours or whatever. So looking at all of that and kind of realizing I have to be the one to set those boundaries for myself so that I genuinely have 
days or evenings where I don't feel as available to the world, it's been really, really impactful. And I haven't been doing it for very long. Like I said, I read this book recently and I think I finished it a couple weeks ago. So I've been trying to implement lots of different practices that he's suggested throughout his book into my day-to-day life. But one that's been so life-giving is turning off notifications after five o'clock every single day of the week and then turning off notifications all day on the weekends. The notifications that I do allow to come through are just text messages and phone calls um, from people that are like on my favorites list. So I have my phone, you know, I'm still available, but not having my phone light up and, you know, showing me, oh, work email came through or, oh, a Slack message came through or, oh, something's on sale. Like maybe I should check it out because that came through on my email or whatever it is. It gives me this space at the end of the day to realize I'm going to choose when I'm going to get back to people. And I'm kind of taking that control back because I think for a long time in this world of technology, while being so accessible is great, it does make us feel like we're giving up that control. And so by me just implementing that one simple thing of setting my phone on do not disturb within certain hours throughout the week or the weekend and limiting the amount of notifications that's coming up on my home screen, I feel that peace start to come back. I feel that ease of I get to decide what I'm going to get back to, what I'm going to read. I don't have a piece of technology constantly trying to get my attention and it's been very freeing. And with that, it's kind of made me realize like with simplifying those notifications and also realizing I want to be on my phone a lot less. It was, I think this past weekend, I had my screen time on Saturday was one minute. And I was telling Isaac, I was like, one minute of screen time on a Saturday is reflective of a really good day because I think the less that we're on our phones, the more present we are and the more fruitful that day or that time with other people will be. So I'm not necessarily trying to be obsessive with my screen time, but I'm just trying to look at it as I want to be on my phone less and I want to have a purpose for when I'm on my phone of intentionally giving my time to something that's important, which would be a text from a friend, calling someone back, not just reading through emails because they're on my phone for whatever reason. So by getting this time back, it's really put me in a space to realize I do have a lot more time and I sometimes feel bored where I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, reading through emails just aimlessly. I have some of this time back and it's made me realize that there's so many incredible things that come from just taking that break and just slowing down and being as present as you can be in whatever situation that you're in. Like I I understand the struggle with producing. I understand the struggle of, well, I need to be making progress on something or I need to, if that email comes through, like if I'm free right now, I can respond to it. Or let's say you have time in your schedule one evening and it's the mentality of like, well, I guess I should go run errands. Like we have this perspective that if we have any margin, We need to fill it with something. We need to be busy. We need to be doing things. But what I've learned for myself is that doing kind of mindless or simple acts or or activities that don't feel as productive is where my soul finds that ease. It's where I feel that rest. And for me, there's been a couple of things like I've done a couple of these things, but I also think that it could be examples that maybe could help you think about ways that you could kind of implement some of that slow living or just simplifying in the evenings or on the weekends or a couple hours a week or whatever it is that you can give to just 
allowing yourself to check out a little bit, remove yourself from technology and just hear your soul and hear how you're feeling. And for me, I love waking up early. That's been something that has been really life-giving to me recently. I used to never want to wake up early, but I've started doing it. And to have that time in the morning before the world is awake, knowing that there's no notifications that are essential on my phone that I have to tend to, having my tea, lighting the candle thing, the, the sky is still kind of dark, you know, as that sun rises, it's just so beautiful. But journaling and reading and doing that time in prayer and scripture is something that really helps steady and ground my soul for the day because I'm not doing it in the midst of so many other things being done or, you know, the the demands coming through with work or people texting or whatever. There's so many limited distractions in the morning and I love that. And even something else, going for walks without music, without your phone, just simply going outside, going for a walk and just listening to the beauty that's around you, really experiencing the environment you're in. You know, maybe if where you live isn't the most conducive for a peaceful walk, maybe it's driving to a park or driving to some scenic overlook that's really beautiful and just taking a minute to inhale and exhale and give yourself that space to just enjoy the abundance and the beauty that's around you. Um, something that I did the other day because I was, I didn't want to be on my phone. And, and I also am trying to challenge myself. Like even if there's things to do, like giving my space that, giving my soul that space to really rest and refresh. I laid down on one of our patio chairs on our deck and I just looked at the sky and I just looked at the trees and I watched the birds hop from one branch to the other and just was present in that moment, appreciating the beauty. Another thing that I love is stargazing at night. I'm, I'm knowing, I know that I'm going to butcher this quote, but basically said, if every single person went outside at night and stood and looked up at the stars, they might live their life with less stress and less anxiety, realizing how big the world is and how small their problems are. And for me, I view that in the lens of looking at how big God is, that he created the universe and that he cares about my life. And to stand outside at night and look up at the stars and to see that magnificent awe and wonder of that beauty that cannot be created by humankind, it's so breathtaking, but it's very humbling in all the right ways. Another idea would be sitting and savoring a baked good while you drink your coffee and maybe you're sitting outside or you're inside. You know, there's a lot of different activities or things that we do throughout the day and we so naturally grab our phones or we turn on the TV. Like if if you do the same activity but you remove the technology, it's it's a time where you can really give yourself rest and feel the the emotions of your soul and just kind of take that piece back and take that control back to realize, you know what? I don't always have to be producing. I don't always have to be available, but those moments will make you feel so present when you allow yourself to disconnect. And a lot of the things, just what I've found with kind of creating these simpler, slower rhythms throughout my day, especially after checking off, you know, a full work day or a big day of of productivity or running errands, you know, all those things are important. And for sure, we should keep our responsibilities. But it's a matter of aligning our perspective and our soul with rhythms or habits or perspectives that allow us to carry those responsibilities in a way that doesn't burden us and doesn't exhaust us and put us in that restless state. And so the importance of slowing down enjoying the simple things, giving your space to do that, fighting the desire and the urge that you should be producing, you should be doing something, you should check that email, like fighting that voice in our head that's trying to get our attention to be busy, to be hurried. 
it's going to help ease anxiety because you're fighting that voice that's saying you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. So if you're saying, you know, I can just be and I can be present and I don't have to be constantly available or or even just giving yourself space to think your own thoughts and to feel how you really feel, it's going to allow you to hear your own soul and to realize are there facets of how you feel that maybe need tending? Maybe you need to be more intentional about taking more time with your phone off or taking time with those that you really love or being more present in whatever way that looks to you. And in that, in that awareness of how your soul feels and what you need, it's going to bring you that closeness to God because there's, there's this scripture that says, you know, the, the thunderstorm came through and the fire came through and the wind came through, but the voice of God was in the whisper. And so sometimes where we'll hear God's voice the loudest is when we allow our soul to be its quietest. When we allow the space around us to be simplified, to slow down and really enjoy the present moment. And that's where God will meet us because the distractions are limited. The hurried has stopped. We're present. We're willing to hear God and we're willing to feel that nearness and that manifest presence of who he is. And that's been one of the most beautiful takeaways for me in this more intentional implementation of taking time throughout my evening or my day or my weekend to just pause and simply be and enjoy what's beautiful. And I've been able to experience God in bigger ways. You know, when I'm taking time in the morning before the sun's even risen and I'm journaling and I'm really just thinking about how I feel and what's on my heart, I feel God encourage me in that because there's nothing else vying for my attention. And the same thing is when I'm outside and I'm looking at the trees and I'm looking at the sky, it's realizing, wow, God, you're so big that anything that's causing me anxiety right now, that's anything that's causing me distraction right now, you will take care of it. And you are bigger than my circumstance. And so it's in those quiet moments throughout our day where we allow ourselves to just take a break, to take a step back and to be wildly present to the moment, despite what society might be yelling at us or despite what our phones might be going off with notifications or whatever it is and saying, this is where I am. I am human. I am finite. I am going to humble myself to this moment and realize that if I just simply want to sit and appreciate the moment I'm in, that there's glory and goodness and abundance in it. And in those moments, what I've learned for myself is that when I quiet myself, though some emotions will come to the surface and I realize, you know what, there's some things that I maybe need to deal with. If you're always in that state of hurry and stress and on to the next thing, you're not putting yourself in a state of being quiet enough to realize, are there areas in your life that maybe need to be addressed? Are there emotions that you're feeling that need healing or need encouragement or need to be dealt with? And so when you allow yourself to take that space to say, I'm going to be present, I'm just going to take a breath, take a moment, not be on my phone, not be producing, not be striving, you give yourself this space to really feel what you're feeling. And then when you know how you feel, you can make steps to feel better. Or you might find that you're in a place where you feel restful, you feel full of life, you feel joyful. And there's so much beauty to even have that reiteration and that edification or affirmation really to say, I'm proud of how I feel because I know that these emotions are serving me well. And clearly something's going on in your life or you have habits or rhythms 
that are helping you feel that way. So it can be a really good check-in moment to, to just give yourself the space and think, how do I feel? Is there anything that needs to be addressed? And then to, to work through that or bring that before God and just say, I'm in this moment, I'm in this quiet. What do you have to say about it? What encouragement can you give me, God? Because you know so much more than I do. And so with that, if you are in a place or in a season right now and you have a hard time hearing the voice of God or his nearness or his presence in whatever it is that you're going through, it could be because there's too much distraction. It could be because there's a pace of hurriedness. You know, if we're always distracted or if we're hurried, it is harder to hear the voice of God because we don't slow down enough and limit distractions enough to allow our soul to be in a place to receive what he wants to tell us. So I've found that when I give myself stillness, I'm able to receive from him what it is he's wanting to tell me. And I've been given so much comfort and encouragement from that. And then another thing, and I and I touched on this in more words <laughs> than, than what I'm going to share now earlier in the episode, but creating this space for stillness and for being present and just enjoying the simple things in life that do bring us joy, it helps us fight that state of striving. Striving can look different for all of us. You know, it could just be the simple fact that there's this urgency that we put on everything and it's very relative. I mean, some things that are urgent to me may not be urgent to Isaac. Some things that are urgent to Isaac may not be urgent to me or whatever, but we define what's urgent in our life. And not everything gets that title. Not everything is always a fire. Not everything is always needing our attention immediately. Not everything is needing to be addressed right then and there. So it's redefining what urgency actually is, taking that control back and realizing, taking margin in our days to redefine stillness and to actually be still and to remove that distraction helps rewire our brain and our perspective to align with the mentality that you can just simply be. You don't have to be producing something. You don't have to be always available. And it's that rewiring of the brain, which I know you've heard me talk about a lot in other episodes, but that's kind of what I'm feeling myself go through is realizing how normal it is in my thinking to respond to a text right away as soon as I get it or checking the email and seeing if it is urgent, if I need to get back to it, or making sure my phone is always on and near me in case someone needs me, you know, whatever it is, like that's really the wiring of my brain in its current state. So I'm working on implementing these patterns to rewire that and to be more okay and even drawn to the stillness and the quiet and, you know, the inaccessibility at times because that's where I hear God's voice the loudest, but it's also where I feel my soul starts to lean into that love and that peace and that joy that it's meant to live in. So I was so encouraged by the ruthless elimination of hurry and that slower living, creating those boundaries, kind of simplifying certain things in my life is something that I'm currently trying to do. And even in the short couple of weeks that I've been implementing that, I've just gained a perspective that I didn't have before on why it's so important and why it's been so life-changing for me in the season that I'm in. And I hope that I carry these practices and and these habits for my whole life because it, it has been so good. So I wanted to create an episode to just encourage you and to really tell you 
it's okay if you want to turn your phone off. It's okay if a client emails and you don't get back to them right away. If it's after work hours, it's okay to take the day off. It's okay to do something as simple as laying on your deck outside and looking at the sky and not producing anything and just simply being and allowing yourself to take a moment and to sit in the uncomfortability in a sense. That's kind of how I feel is to sit with this. This is so simple and I love it, but I feel so bored. I feel like I should be doing something to kind of wrestle with those emotions because we're meant to be still at times. We're meant to take that day or that hour or that evening to rest and recharge and to connect with those we love and be present so that we're in a better space to pour out, but we can also more clearly hear the voice of God in our life. So I hope you were encouraged by this. And maybe one of the ideas that I threw out will be something that you try this week. I would say to pick something that sounds fun and simple and life-giving and to turn your phone off for maybe an hour or 30 minutes or an entire day and to just see how you feel and to realize that when you turn your phone back on, the world will keep moving forward. You're going to be okay. People are going to be okay. And that taking care of your soul is the most important thing. And so if putting up those boundaries is something that you need to do, like it's something I'm doing right now and implementing into my life, then I hope you're encouraged to do that and to give yourself the grace and the freedom and the space to do that. 